What up, guys? Jay Daniel here with my co-host, Victor Marshall. And today, we have a special guest, Mr. Marco Antonio Alvarez. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure. Good to have you. So yeah. Victor was talking about branding. He was talking about engagement. I'll let you start with your uh, little segment. Yeah. So for for those who may not know, Marco is a modern day ninja, right? I mean, the guy has, the guy is is he's got his fitness on lock, and it's great to see you know where you came from. You posted a picture not too long ago about like an older picture of you, and I was like, wow, this guy's really honed in. He's focused, and he's he's created a body not just, you know, figuratively, but literally a body that he enjoys and that he loves and that he works hard at. Um, can you give us a little bit of insight on the shift mentally that it took to do that? Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorite stories, right? Love the story. <laughs> uh, I was a professional party boy for a long time, and that was a consequence. Well, I'm just going to still use that word. That was a consequence of all my years of growing weed. Right. So I came from the weed game and I was growing weed shit, like involved in that whole industry for almost 18 years, you know? So back in California, in the early days when it was still illegal, right. You can still get popped. Um, you know, like Wes Watson, that's how he got popped. Cause he had a bunch of weed. <laughs> you know? mm. And so like, <laughs> I was in his coaching program. I like, Wes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so like, you know, one of the last things I did for the weed game before I tapped out finally, was um i transported a large amount over the oregon california border right and you know state-wise i might be maybe a slap but you know feds they wouldn't like that too much right and so it's just one of those things and so for the longest time being involved in the weed game i was also involved with a lot of friends who partied their asses off and would go to Burning Man. And so, you know, I've been to Burning Man five times and that's the world's greatest party in the world. And when you're around the music scene, the rave scene, the weed scene, there's going to be all kinds of other stuff, right? And in particular, it's going to be a lot of cocaine, right? And nothing goes better with cocaine. And this was my, this was my favorite for, for a long ass time. It was just whiskey on the rocks, like Maker's Mark, right? And some American spirits and some blow where I was living in this town called Katati. I rented out a house and I was living there for 11 years. And for 11 years, I was growing weed in there without the landlord knowing, which if you ask around, that's probably a record, right? Because 11 years with that shit going on without them not even asking, not even tripping about it because they were getting paid. So they didn't give a fuck. <laughs> you know, I was fixing shit. Didn't need them to come by. No, no, I got it. <laughs> Like, is everything okay? Oh, yeah, it's taken care of. <laughs> Don't come by. <laughs> you know, I'm not growing weed in your garage or in the middle room, right? None of that. I'm living in Katati, five minutes away from the bars. Around that time, I decided to get into stand-up comedy. So now I'm hosting a weekly comedy show at the bar that is a five-minute distance. It's this place called Spanky's. No bullshit. Called Spanky's, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a fucking biker bar. And the other bar at the other end of town is called The Eight Ball. Right. It's another biker bar. So, you know, your recent felons I got out would hang out at both places, you know, particular biker gang that would hang out there from time to time, Hell's Angels. So it was that kind of vibe, right? Good for business. Oh, dude. And <laughs> and 
and people liked me hosting the comedy show. And there was this one dude who looked like uh, he was like the white version of T.I. Payne. Right. He straight up looked like the white version. And and uh, and we'd call him the white devil because he always had blow. Right. <laughs> it was always like, hey, man, that was a great set tonight. I'm like, oh, thanks. You know, take off. And that was Wednesday nights. And then Wednesday nights became Thursday and Friday nights. Right. And Thursday and Friday nights became Saturday nights like that. And this is after I left comedy. And this is when I was working for another guy who was into doing his yay and into drinking. And so it was just this really weird thing that existed within the cannabis world where you would think, you know, being in the weed game that everyone was going to be weed heavy. But it's just kind of like one of those things when you're so in it every day, it becomes just like so passe where you're like, weed again, bro. Like, come on, we got anything else? It's like, yeah, <laughs> I got this and I got that. Like, sick, let's do it. And I was trying to trying to keep fit at the same time while I was trying to live that type of lifestyle, right? We got to rewind it a little further back when I was 17 in the army, when I started smoking and started drinking. And there's this ongoing joke about the army being the world's most physically fit alcoholics, right? That's just like military branches all around. Right. So you learn how to mitigate hangovers and how to deal with them. And one of the best ways that I would mitigate hangovers was having greasy ass foods and going for a run, right? Or first I'd run exercise, then have a greasy, greasy ass meal. And that would fix me. And that would work for so many years that would work in my twenties. And that was working into my thirties and then starting going to go into my late thirties and early forties. That shit wasn't working anymore. It wasn't working anymore. Then I become a dad at 40, at 40, I become a dad late in the game in comparison to other dads. I'm like, okay, all right. This is, this is, this is part of it. All right. You know, I chose to, to, to throw the dice for 10 years with the same woman thinking my pullout game was going to be strong. I made that choice, right? Like, like that, you know, like, cause I, I don't like saying, well, he was a, he was a surprise. Uh, I had an accident. It's like, no, 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 fuck that. I got to own it. Right. I have to own it. And so I own it by saying, I made that choice every time that I was with her and we got intimate that I was like, no, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. And that one time I wasn't and it's fine. It's always good till it isn't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's fine. It's totally fine. But even still, even after I became a dad, that wasn't enough for me to get sober. Right. It was about two years into his life, two years of still getting wrapped up with all of that shit. Right. Still fucking putting stuff up my nose, still drinking, lying to her, smoking cigarettes. And one day I'm on a run, right? I'm on a run doing my usual thing. And, you know, I notice what my body's looking like. I notice what my body's feeling like, right? What my mindset's like. During that time, I was also in an anger management group. I've been with these guys for 10 years, right? And for, for many years, these dudes were like, you know, you should really not party as much. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> like your, your development and managing your emotions and this and that would, would significantly increase if you were just to lay back from all that shit. Uh, you guys are full of crap. They were right. On that run, I'm having this dialogue with myself. And it's like, look, dude, you've you got to make a choice. You either continue on this path of partying 
and it's going to be your ultimate demise, or you stop and you get back on the path of training and discipline. Like, which one is it going to be? Like, which one's going to be stronger? Which one's going to be the better choice? And that was November of 2019. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm done drinking. I'm done doing blow. Cigarettes took about three more months. Cigarettes took three more months. Cigarettes, I was a little tougher one. Stop that. And then just was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do this. And just started getting back into training. Then in uh, the summer of 2020, I'm up in Oregon working this farm. This is before I got into sales, legit sales. And I'm doing operations management and security at this massive grow op that we were running, right? And I see these kettlebells that were for sale the big five. And I'm like, I've always wanted to get into that shit. <laughs> so like $300 later, you know, throw them in the truck. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to learn how to use these. And I'm going to get into that. And it's been this progression, right? Where I'm just getting stronger and better and just more on to this path that I've been forging for myself and just being the best example that I can be which then, you know, leads to this whole content creation and like branding that I started around that, right? And I was really hesitant about that. I was like, man, I don't don't like kind of feel weird doing it. But then I'm like, wait a minute, bro. Like you you did that movie years ago, Barrio Brawler. Like, come on, man. Why are you being so fucking shy about this? Like, these are just like little training montages. Like, have fun with it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. And just like throw some philosophical quote on there. It'll be cool. Like the the, the juxtaposition of seeing some dude train and then having some philosophical or spiritual quote has always fascinated me. Because I think both can exist. I think you can be a physical savage and also a spiritual mental saint. I think, I think in order to be yeah. a whole man, right? That whole sense of the word holy as in whole, right? Like Jordan Peterson talks about this stuff. Alan Watts talks about this kind of thing where it's like, got to be dangerous. You got to be strong. It's that whole thing about like, oh, I'm just a nice guy. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> passive aggressive and resentful maybe, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's how I got there. That's awesome. Do you, do you think that without the fitness aspect of your life, that sales wouldn't be as prolific for you right now? Oh, dude. Excuse me. If I didn't have that to help to, to, to me, my fitness is, is like um, drinking water or breathing air. I have to do it. It, it. it helps. It helps up here. It helps up here more than here. It, having all this is just by, the byproduct. What I'm, what I'm going after when I wake up every morning to get my feel good drugs, right? So I can have enough fuck bucks in the bank, right? So I can deal with, with what the days, whatever days challenges are coming, right? And sales is such an emotional experience. It can be an emotional experience. And if we're not at our optimal best, if we're not, 
that's a little redundant. If we're not optimal, if we're not at our best, <laughs> and we haven't done what we've done in the morning to you know fill up that tank and to be ready, it, it's just like it's like any type of athlete, any type of athlete, right? Yeah, it's like now you're being a business athlete, being a sales athlete. It's like what do you have to do every day? And the same goes for not just fitness, but also the amount of rest. You know, yeah. getting getting enough rest. Um, when am I taking my caffeine? What's the point that I need to stop taking my caffeine so it doesn't mess with my with 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 my sleep? You know, and then you know the supplements that I take. Like I'm very, it's it's really fun to become one's own experiment. Especially, I'm 46. All right, I'm 46, and for my, and I think for my age, weight class in my group. I think I'm in pretty good shape in comparison to other 46 year old guys that I know, especially dudes that I've gone to school with. And that you know, you run into them, you're like, you know, or, you know, they're still on that party train. You're like, Oh, I already know how you're going to die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, and that's the thing. Right. And so taking it, taking it back to sales, the psychological component, the mental game is in my opinion highly highly influenced by one's physical game and physical component strong mind strong body strong body strong mind can't can't be separate can't be separate because that the whole idea is like separation is an illusion mm. right it's all like oh no just you know there's that whole school of thought where it's like all you all, all you need is skills training that's it just 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 learn the skill and that's all you need and that's like that's one side of the equation, man. You know, it's like, it's like learning a martial art where you're going in there and the, and the teacher's like, yeah, just, 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 just have perfect form with your punch. And that's it. And it's like, well, what about, you know, strength and endurance training? And what about speed training? And what about sparring practice? Or what about, you know, meditation? Oh, no, 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 no. Just perfect technique. It's like, yeah, that guy's going to get his ass kicked. That's huge. <laughs> um, yeah, that's so big. And it's like, there's intangibles too when you're fit. Like, like you're better at sales. And, and but it's like, it's hard to explain because I've been, I've been working out a lot. And I know we had a conversation like via messenger kind of going over that. But like, uh, when you have your brand, you could never speak to somebody. They already have like so many good things to say about you. When you're fit, if I see somebody who's fit, I immediately think, they're, they're probably disciplined they've committed at, at the bare minimum they're disciplined they committed to a routine they're more capable in a case of physical confrontation than others like there's just so much that's being spoken without saying a word when you're fit so it's something that like you know you might as well do like it's it's so helpful in so many ways you feel better you know um <clears throat> like like you're healthier if you do enough deadlifts if you do them right like you're probably not going to have as many back problems as somebody who's never worked out their back, you know, right. like that's, that's big. It's huge. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. It's, it's funny because you say, you know, the brand that comes from being fit and, and the transverse is true as well, or the opposite is true as well. You know, when you're not fit, like I, I was at the heaviest point of my life a couple months ago and it's automatically like, Oh, you must be tired. Oh, like how's what's going on? Like, are you okay? Are you stressed? Like that, those are the questions I get. Right. I've been on a cut. I've dropped 15 pounds in the in the last two weeks. Like I'm 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 getting back into it because I understand the mentality that I that I miss. And that mentality is is the the energy that I miss, the drive that I miss that I did didn't have before. 
And you can say whatever you want, put it on whatever excuses you want to put it on. But the reality of it is, it's not just being fit. That's the healthy part. It's getting fit. It's healthy. And getting fit is the energy. That's the high that you chase. Getting fit is the is the the push that that gets you to where you want to be. Because once you're there, you're there and great. But it's, now it's like, all right, now I want to get better at it. And like, it's always it's always a drive to push and push and push because you know, like you said, at 46, you're looking at other 46 year olds. You're looking at people who are approaching 50 like you are, and you're like, I'm going to be the baddest looking 50 year old that I know, and everybody else is going to be struggling. And me, I'm 34. And I'm like, I'm only 34. I, this cannot be my life. Like I have to kill this. Right. So it's, it's that drive, that mentality that I, that I love when it comes to fitness, because it's very easily adapted to everything else. Like, it's like, all right, so I'm 34. I got to get fit. I'm 34. I've got to figure out my life as far as sales and and building careers and building legacies for my family like that drive is the same and it translates very easily once you get it in your head once you get the discipline that comes from waking up at four o'clock in the morning and running every day or or lifting or training or playing ball or whatever you're doing to be fit once you get that that habit formed it translates so well into everything else yeah yeah, I think that's key right there. You know, you're talking about getting that habit formed because it's about creating that habit of fitness because every, 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 everything's a habit, right? Or everything's a practice. There was this one dude that I listened to. He was on Rogan a while ago and I forget his nickname was like Yoga Joe or Yoga Bob or something. Mm, yeah, and I saw that episode. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he yeah. was talking about how everything's a practice, right? Mm-hmm. Even partying is a practice, right? Yeah. Just replace practice with habit. And, and and so that's that's the thing. It's like approaching fitness of all different types, not just physical, but mental, psychological, spiritual, right? All these different things, emotional, right? Emotional fitness. That's a huge one too. Huge. Yeah. You know, and especially in the sales game, learning how to regulate as as you know, entrepreneurs. What's the one thing people talk about when they say shit? It's about emotional regulation because of how, you know, dealing with those highs and lows of what gets thrown at you by life and business and, you know, everything else in between mm-hmm. and how to deal with that. You know, I was shit. My go to back in the day wasn't, wasn't good, you know, yeah. screaming, being violent, expressing violence on so many different levels. Because I didn't know, I didn't have those proper regulatory systems. I didn't have the vocabulary to express myself in a non-violent, non-abusive manner. A lot of the things that I've been learning in the sales game, I can see how that can apply to the men's group that I've been part of, right? Mm-hmm. Especially the introduction to like Tony Robbins. <laughs> I'm like, you know, when they get back to the group, I'm like, guys we got to apply some of this shit. Cause I think we're going to see some faster results with some of the other dudes, you know? Yeah. And, so, and so that's, that's been another part of the journey is the personal development that comes, you know, that if you want to succeed in this game, you've got to do that as well. You've got mm-hmm. to develop as a person. Back. Bar, bar, bottom, bottom fucking line. I don't yeah. That's like the most important part. And, and like, if you want to get philosophical, like almost about life, right. Cause like, if we're all going to die, like, what's it about? It, it's, it's about your character. It's about who you become, you know? 
And uh, I can't think of a better vehicle for personal development than, than like business and sales. Like yeah. the more you develop your character, the more you get paid, the more like literally the more you're able to get anything that you want. So it's, it's this kind of cool dynamic um, that you're able to get into because it also leads into different industries. Like all of a sudden I'm involved in like trading and like investments. Right. And like all this cool stuff, like it, it, from sales. And, and that was only possible because of personal development. Um, funny story. So six years ago, I was trying to start a marketing agency and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 24. So I was a dumb 18 year old. Right. And the, the warriors, right. So the, the people who manage the warriors, like the, you know, the chat bots, the Facebook messenger bots, they had a Facebook messenger. They, they had, um, they were, they, they were, they wanted to get something like that, blah, blah, blah. I'm talking to these guys. And there's a company that manages a lot of their marketing. So I'm talking to the director of it and he's like, yeah, we'd love to see a demo and potentially, you know, do a deal an acquisition. And so he thinks I got this massive ass company and I don't have shit. I just bought a course <laughs> and the entire thing fell apart. Like nothing. Like it was, it was so bad. And um, it, it just speaks to like, like who, who you become is going to allow you to capitalize on opportunities when they come. And it'll be so funny to be able to look back on the old times, you know? It, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's like a song. That, that's how I like to say it. it's like a song, right? Like it's going to end. It's not about getting to the end. Okay, cool. The song's over. Fuck. Now we're dead. It's like, mm. right? It's like, yeah. oh, I like this part. I like this part. We're mm-hmm. present. We're in the moment, you know? Yeah. That's, well, you know, there's that, that saying, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. You know? The the story of, do you guys know the story of the golden ring? About mm-hmm. the, oh, I love that story, man. What's that about? Uh, may I? I'm, yeah. It's, so, King Solomon, right? One of the wisest men. He had this, like, one of his ministers who who was kind of um, arrogant, I guess you could say, right? And he wanted to send him on this, like, fool's errand. He was just like, you know, um, he's like, hey, such, I forget the guy's name. He's like, hey, such and such, come here, man. He's like, what's, what's going on, sire? He's like, look, there's a ring out there, right? There's a ring out there that whoever wears this ring, if they're happy, they're going to be sad. And if they're sad, they're going to be happy. And I want you to find me this ring before such and such festival. And the dude's like, yes, sir, right away. And so he you know, goes off and he's just seeking, searching high and low. And he's just like, fuck, dude. He's like, he can't find this ring. And so he's like walking through some 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 quarter in, in Jerusalem. And there's some dude like, you know, shaking out a rug. And, you know, and he's he asks this guy, he's like, ah, he's like, sir, how can I help you? And he's like, oh, look, man, I'm. I'm I'm trying to find this ring that, you know, if the wearer of the ring, if they're sad, they will become happy. And if they're happy, they will become sad. The guy's like, oh, yeah, hold on. He grabs the ring, you know, inscribes something on there, gives it to him. And he's all, <gasps> and he runs over to the temple and sees King Solomon. He's like, sir, sir, I found it. And he's just like, Ugh! and the ring had on it, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that's bad. <laughs> that's crazy. Just like the song you were mentioning, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You know, the, the song is going to end. Our life is going to end. Mm-hmm. But it's all about, like you were saying, like being present in that moment, being in the song, being in the game, being in the moment. You know, think about like the activities that you do in life. Some of the, <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day, like some of the times that I'm most present in this life is when I'm being intimate with somebody. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. If you're present, you know, it becomes a gift. You know what's funny? 
it, it's all kind of tying to the same thing. It's like, we're, we're a lot of times we try to be happy, right? We focus on being happy mm-hmm. and life is not about being happy. Yeah. What, right. what life is about finding a challenge and accomplishing it and growing from that challenge and then finding another one and growing from that. And ha- like you said, it's, it's highs and lows. So I'm not going to be happy when I come to a challenge. I'm going to be frustrated. I'm going to be upset. I'm going to feel somber. I'm going to feel challenged. It's a challenge. And when, when I become happy, it's because I've met that challenge and I've exceeded that challenge. So happiness is a byproduct of growth, right? And then what happens when you grow, there's always more growth. So there's another challenge there. So the happiness is going to fade. But if we're focused on being happy, we're going to sit in the same little pocket of, of stagnance, right? We're going to be stagnant. We're not going to grow. We're going to sit in that pocket and we're just going to fester in that pocket and like an abscess, just fester in that pocket until we pop and suddenly we're no good to anyone. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if we, if we go past that and say, okay, I've met the challenge. I'm happy now. What's my next challenge? Find that challenge, go through all the emotions, the highs and lows that come with that, the season of life that comes with that challenge. Then we complete that challenge or meet that challenge or raise our standard to accomplish that. Then happiness comes as a byproduct. Yeah. And a lot of us seek happiness as, as the end all be all when it's the byproduct of growth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know what that reminds me of? Um, I'll, I'll let you go on your, your, uh, your story actually. Okay. <laughs> I had a judo sensei a long time ago. This mm-hmm. guy, um, he won gold at the Pan Am games when he was like 18 or some shit. Right. Mm-hmm. So he was like this young <laughs> protege. And then, but he had this really cool thing. He, he said about happiness. He's just like, he's like, he's like, happiness is like this fleeting thing. Right. Cause it's just like another side of the pendulum swinging. Right. Of, of emotions. He's like, I don't want happiness. He's like, I want to be peaceful. He's like, that's what I want. I want to be peaceful. And of course I had this, Oh, <laughs> this whole moment. I was like, you're fucking right. Yeah, you're fucking right because it's like because that whole because it's just another form of or it can become another form of pleasure seeking mm-hmm. the want to be happy it's a high yeah and just like any other high it's gonna have a hangover mm-hmm. that was that was that was my mo back in the day going back to that right it was pleasure first then the hangover now i'm the inverse so i'm like nah fuck that Let's have some pain first. Let's have some discomfort first. Let's be uncomfortable first. Then I'm going to feel better. Oh, dude. You know what that reminds me of? <laughs> you guys ever played sports? Like in mm-hmm. high school or college or like, yeah. and this reminds me of sports where like, you know, you take, you take a couple months off because of the summer or because the season's over. Right. And you just remember like, this was so good. I ran, I ran a mile in four minutes and 50 seconds. That was awesome. I, remember <laughs> I beat this guy. I remember I hit this fadeaway for game. You just, you're so excited about it. And then you don't do it for a while and you get back into it and you're off the high. Like, yo, I was this crazy athlete. This was so fun. I can't wait. And then you start practicing and then you're wheezing and then you got to do 140 push-ups. But by 13, your arms feel like shit. And you're like, why the fuck am I here? Why was I so excited to do this garbage? And then literally, cause that, I remember that happened to me. I remember I took a lot of time off. I came back and every single sport I did, I did a bunch of sports. I would, I would come to, I would come so excited and I'm so out of shape. And I'm wheezing and I hate everything. Like, I'm literally like, fuck this coach. Fuck these teammates. Why is this guy in shape and I'm not? 
But it's like when you get to the game and you're actually in shape and you're the best one there, that there's a high that you get, but not because not not because like you're good because you earned it, you know, it, right? And I think that's like the fulfillment of like I earned this and I'm better than everybody, and that creates this momentum where all of a sudden you're training six hours a day and you're you're a professional, you know, you're you're competing at the highest levels, like that. That's my viewpoint on it on like this whole idea of like pain first right and then happiness is a byproduct 100 yeah 100 always got to yeah, keep that sword sharp yeah it's like art imitates life right so mm -hmm. basketball working out martial arts it's all imitations of how life actually works for take sales for instance right we don't just get on a call get the money and then walk them through the process walk them through the call right we get on the call we walk them through some form of the process and then they pay us when we're done. Right. And then oftentimes the money doesn't come in until it clears a couple of weeks later. Right. So it's, it's money being the byproduct of all the work that you put into the sales call in the first place, all the calling the prospect, following up, making sure you understand the offer, all of these things that come into play, make money, the byproduct. And so when you're chasing money, you're failing miserably because you're trying hard to make money instead of going through the process. Yeah. And like, I fall victim to that all the time. Like even still, I'm like, Hey, all right. I know that uh, the bag is like two calls away. Right. So let me just get on these calls and, and work through it and I'll get paid. But that mindset, that process takes you out of the game. Like you said, when you're most present, when you're being intimate, and what's more intimate than asking somebody what's their problem and them actually telling you what's more intimate than, than connecting with someone on that level where they're comfortable enough with you to tell you, Hey, this is what's bothering me. This is where I'm failing. Like what's more, what's more intimate than that. And so if I'm not present enough to be there on that call, then how can I, how dare I expect money in the long term or in the end, how dare I? Because I'm not even willing to give them what they need on that call. Oh, shit, bro. You know what's funny? Um, I heard this one time. Intimacy. Into me, you see. Oh. Mm -hmm. say, say, like, sales is literally like like that. Like, mm -hmm. deep into them. And it's like, if you can't do that with yourself, and mm -hmm. you're not comfortable with that, you're not going to be able to do that with somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know? That's 100%. Hundred percent, yeah. dude. You're having this intimate moment with another person. If you're not, if you're, if you're there to help, to help facilitate the best decision possible for them. If you're being present, right? Phone turned away, or phone where you can't reach it, right? No other shit coming up, right? Just in the zone with this other person, right? It. it <laughs> Eye to eye. Trying to figure out whether your solution is the one for them, right? And then asking for that energetic exchange at the end of their money, right? Of what money is, what it represents, their, their time, their life blood devoted to a thing that gets transferred to this other thing that can do other things for them. So now they're here to do it. Like, like, 
if you want to get fucking really weird with this whole sales game, like we totally can on some metaphysical shit. Like we already are talking about it as an intimate experience. Like, you know, like Jay Daniel was saying, and to me, you see, (laughs) you don't get much more intimate than that, man. Right. And and then when, when we're not, we're not, we're not focused on the process when it's just like, you know, dollar signs, I got to fucking get this piff. I got to get this piff. It's like, "Mm." it's like the universe going like, nah, you're not boom <laughs> yeah you know i think every deal i've ever got like let's get paid let's close this deal is falling flat on its face yeah. and almost every time where it's like i'm here to help like all the biggest deals that i've ever sold right like it's all that's always the scenario i almost forget there's a deal and then i get paid and it's like oh shit cool I, you know this is a nice byproduct of a nice conversation like i could call this dude right now and we'd have a fuck like dinner like that's great you know like um, that, that's one thing that, um, that, that I like about it when you have those, here's a saying I heard when, um, the whole inbound closer, like accelerator thing, right. In 2020, when I was going through it, one thing that really stuck with me. And then Eli Wild mentioned this too, is like, if you, if you're just after the money or, or just one thing externally, that's all you get. If you're after mm-hmm. the relationship, you get everything. Right. And I, and, and I think that's really like reflective of like, for me at least all my best like sales calls or interactions like that they're all like that there's always a relationship built like every single I, 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 literally every single time you know and i think um i think that's hard to that's hard to remember in this industry because mm. all the marketing the only reason people come in is for the pips and for the money you know so it's a, it's an interesting dynamic how that works hell yeah it is it's very paradoxical mm-hmm. right Cause it's like, okay. It's like, it's because it's like straight up bottom fucking line. Why are you doing this? So I can make some fucking money so I can live this life that I want to live. So I can take care of my people so I can blah, blah, blah. Okay. And why are you doing this? Oh yeah. So I can also help people, but <laughs> the by, so it's like, you've got these two things, mm-hmm. right? But you can't be chasing the one to get the other because then that's just going to go away. So then you've got to like forget about it and focus on this. And then once you're just focused and zen and in the moment with this thing where it's like, I'm just here to, you know, see if I can help. And then it's like, poof, there's your, there's your prize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and as you ask, ask any new person coming in, they'll tell you, oh, I want to help people. Okay. First of all, you're lying. You want money. You want money. And that's okay. Let's acknowledge that and let's realize, okay, in order to get money, how I have to do that is to develop myself personally. Mm-hmm. And, ha- and, and what's the most important thing in sales? That, what's the most important thing to develop? I need to learn how to have a conversation. Yeah. I need to learn how to communicate. I need to learn how to get off of here yeah. and, and, and be here, yeah. right? And if I can be here and really understand what they're saying. If I can get off my phone and, and be present with someone, if I can get out of my own head and actually listen to someone, what someone's saying, then all of a sudden there's an exchange going on. There's a, there's a give and take. And I don't know about you, but I'm much, I'm much more likely to give thousands of dollars to someone where I feel like I'm getting something back, you know? And if I feel like I'm on that call with someone who's, who's giving me what I need as far as energy goes. I'm Jay Daniel knows this and, and we talked a little bit about it, but I'm sales manager on an offer right now. And what I, I onboarded somebody today 
And I told him, I said, listen, I don't care about your, your KPIs. I know you're doing the job. I know you're putting the work in. I know you're, you're on these calls. I see the evidence. I don't, that's not what I need. I don't need you to get on the call and dial hundred times and 200 times and get those dials out. I don't need that. What I need is you to connect. I need you to be on the call. I need you to be present. I need this person to feel like, wow, I really need this because this person made me feel great about it. And so when you set this call, when you set this, this, this set, it's going to close because they feel connected enough to go to the next level. Now, this isn't an offer where we're sitting there having thousands and thousands of people. This is an offer where it's a guru. It is a, it is a, an owner who is electric and people are drawn to her, right? So because of that, I need you to emulate that as her salespeople. I need you to mirror her. And what that means is I don't need you picking up the phone, ding, 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 yeah, 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 check, 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 send. I need you actually to be intimate, have a conversation. I need them to feel as comforted by you as they do by her. And so when you can do that, when you can be present, when you can get that, that conversation in, then they get on the call with me and they're like, oh yeah, Marco told me all of these things. I'm so excited to learn more. I just need to get a little bit more information from you about what's going on because Marco really elevated you know, my understanding of what this offer is and how this can help me. All of a sudden, not only have you set your closer up with a, a lay down, you know, you've now created a connection that could drive your career, especially when it comes to, to B2B, right? If you're, if you're in a B2B as a salesperson and you're not connecting with that person that's on the prospect, you're missing out on tons of good networking opportunities. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jay Daniel, on the call that you had like last week, right? The lady offered you a job. <laughs> she did. <laughs> <laughs> she offered you a job. She wasn't even looking for what we had to offer, bro. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, you know, we branding we got this 20k thing and you know we're connecting so yeah like if you know you can come and suffer me <laughs> Yo, that, that was hilarious but that that's how it is that like that's yeah. exactly how it is when you build the relationship and, and it like and all the objections seem to go away because they trust you mm -hmm. i'm like they, they trust you more than their family because most people with their family they've already talked to them like the communication isn't that good because they take them for granted like you're if you're really intimate with some of these people that's the most intimate they've been with anybody most men right? Like you guys are 34, yeah. 46, like most guys that age have been married for five to 10 years and their wife won't even fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> like, like this is the most incredible moment in conversation. Like their friends are like lame and, and they're, you know, like, like busy with their family and their wife that won't fuck them. Like, you, you know, so like those conversations, like they will do anything for you. It want, like if you truly connect so that's that's really big what you said yeah and and that's what it is it's it's connecting so as a new salesperson if i come in and i learn to connect no matter what offer i'm on i'm gonna be happy i get i'll tell you this as a sales manager and knowing other sales managers i would be i would be so happy if you talk to 25 people a day and set 15 of them and they were all solid sets then if I would be more happy than if you did that, than if you talk to 200 people a day and set three, you know, it's wasted effort in my opinion. 
And I know there's a lot of salesmen, there's a lot of sales managers out there who would much rather have 15 quality, these sets close from you that week. You know what I mean? Then, or that day, then to have you set 300, but dial 200 people. Mm-hmm. And I would be wary of someone saying to you, Hey, you know, I need you to dial, you know, 200 calls today. Um, your KPI for sets is only three. That means you're not having any conversation. And that means either the leads are crap <laughs> and you're just wasting time because someone's marketing is poor or you're having conversations that aren't worth anything. So that means your sales closer, your higher up team, your teammate is having to work a lot harder. Oh, Vic, Vic, I think this is a good time to talk about value versus time, mm. right? Like this yep. idea of like, if in two hours, I can create more qualified opportunity than somebody else taking eight hours, right? I should like, who cares how much of my time I put into it, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, 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 that's kind of my situation, right? If I can make 10 grand a month and work less than four hours a day, like that, you know what I mean? Like that's what I optimize for and I focus on. Um, I, I think that's a real thing. And I think the more efficient you get and the better you get, um, you're able to start thinking about the value. And this is being an entrepreneur because if yeah. you're a sales guy, you're an entrepreneur. You're, you're literally, you're branding, you're marketing, like you're, you're like, you ink, right? Like, like JD's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. literally, right? Like you, like it, that's such a big concept that people don't mm-hmm. think about, but it's truly like, what's the value that I'm providing? Your time doesn't matter. There's yeah. a story you guys might've heard about the old guy with the boat that there's a, there's a million dollar boat just for the people back at home. There's a million dollar boat, billion dollar boat, biggest boat you've ever seen in your entire life. It won't start. They've hired all these experts. They're paying all this money. The boat won't start. Oh my God. What are we going to do? We're going to lose our careers. People are going to fire us. We're going to get fined. Out comes the master sage of, of boat fixing. Master sage, save us. What do we do? How do we fix the boat? The master stage looks at the boat. A couple minutes, he looks at it, tilts his head, gets a hammer, taps the boat once in just the right spot. The boat is fixed. That'll be a million dollars. <laughs> but it only took you 30 seconds. Ma'am, ma'am, my ability to produce that result is a result of the last 30 years of practice. So that's why I want a million dollars. It's the value you can bring to the table. It's not your time. Yeah. yeah. Take it, take it completely out of sales, right? Let's, let's continue with basketball. If I'm on a team with LeBron James, right? I take the ball out. I make it to my free throw line. And then I pass him the ball and say, you do the rest, bro. How valuable am I? Not really. It's true. Right. I'm making him do all the work. That's how, that's how a lot of people said, that's how a lot of people said. They make it to their free throw line and then they pass it on and say, all right, you do the rest, dude. All right, um, make those points so that we can all make some money and win this game. And uh, yeah, I'll bring it out next time to the free throw line for you again. And it's it's exactly what you're talking about. It's it's value. Like, where's the value? What value do you bring to the table? And this goes back to the beginning of our conversation. What value, Marco looked at himself and said, what value am I bringing to myself? What what effort am I putting in to make myself valuable? So it's either continue down this road here where I have little value or put myself in a position to be more valuable to myself and everyone around me. And now you've got it. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> now Santa's doing push-ups in the snow, running. That shit was hilarious. Margo, that I'm, shit. Curious, I'm curious to hear your routine. I know we were talking fitness. Yeah. I'm wondering yeah. what you do. Yeah. Um, so I split up my days. I took a rest day on Sunday and my rest day is whoo, I can go like maybe two to three weeks training consistently. And, um, mm. then I'll be like, you know what, today's a good day to rest. And I'll just listen to my body and just how it starts feeling. So I had the kettlebells, the kettlebell, the days I train with kettlebells, they are split, right? So they're alter alternative days and they're going to be pushing muscles and pulling muscles. So let's just say, for example, Sunday will be a run day, right? Sunday's a run day. Then Monday's a push day and I'm doing body weight calisthenics that are pushing like push-ups, dips, and anything with the kettlebell that's going to supplement, you know, the larger muscles. And then, you know, the smaller muscles that are involved in the, in the push and then abs, right? Some type of ab sit-ups, right? I'll do like, you know, four sets of 25, do that. And at the end, I'm doing my neck as well. So I'm on my back and I'm doing head raises and left and rights, right? Just doing that. A hundred of those going yes. And then a hundred of those going no, right? And then let's, then it's Tuesday, depending on where I'm at with my legs, that's going to be another leg day. That's going to be a leg lift day, right? So I'm going to do leg with the kettlebells using that as weights. I've got a, I got a bulletproof vest, a 35 pound plate carrier down in the garage. And I'll put that on to add more weight. I'll warm up, you know, do the usual warm up with all the, you know, joints and stuff. I've been working on doing pistol squats, getting better at those. I'm not, I'm not that good, but I'm also not the worst. And so I, I, I do those in the beginning after I've warmed up with some body weight squats, right? Get all that going. Pistol squats are really good for that one singular motion with the leg and also balance. And it's also good for the mindset because it's like, now I'm doing a hard thing that I'm improving. So cool. Awesome. Huh. Are these also, you have a gym or it's just kettlebells? It's in the garage, man. It's in the garage. Oh, Zach, right? that's it's in great. the garage. Yeah. No excuses, so. you fucks. Yeah, it's in the garage. <laughs> uh, you know, like me, me going to the gym isn't a good idea because if I get something, I bring it home. My mom's immune system is really low because of her chemo. Right. So <clears throat> I got to be really, you know, strict about that. And so then after that, the next day is going to be, now I did push. Now it's going to be pull muscle, pulling muscles. So it's going to be pull-ups and every, everything that's kettlebell related to pulling muscles and then some abs, you know, like leg, leg lifts and things like that. Neck, yeah. forearm, you know, I got some little hand weights. I'll do some forearm exercises because here's the thing, right? The type of work that we do where we're fucking here and, you know, we're mousing and shit. We, we've got to start strengthening all the little muscles too. Always being, oh, sorry, my thing's glitching. Give me one second. Always being mindful of body posture and shit like that, right? Mm -hmm. And then I'm doing that. <clears throat> and then it's back to a run day the next day. My legs are going to be sore from the lifts, but I'm still going to run. And what I've been doing for the second season now is I'm running in shorts only, right? Exposing myself to the elements, right? To colder temperatures. I'm fortunate enough that the coldest it gets here is like 28. 25 right Ooh, terrible florida we don't <laughs> our, our, our our boy hunter sends me a message the other day he's like i did a run in 14 degree weather i'm like wow dude that's badass right yeah. so, yeah, no, i was like that's... probably bundled up like crazy <laughs> no 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 he was just in shorts it was like he did a 20 minute he did a oh, 20 wow. minute run just in shorts but that's the thing right Good it man. made sense that he did a shorter run and it was like yeah. he just wanted to do it and, and so then I expose myself to those colder temperatures and I'll still go and do it. The one thing 
that I still haven't added that I've done a few times that I really dislike are cold plunges. Mm. Like hats off to those people who are into it and do it religiously. Like hats off to them, right? I'm like, nice. That's really nice. I hate it. <laughs> what yeah. I will do is like, I'll go run practically naked. Not a problem in the cold, in the dark, in the wind, in the rain, whatever. I'll go take my shower after my training, you know, hot shower and then end it with cold. Fine. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get you. Cold plunge, dude. I'm like, <laughs> I get you. Awful. Dude, when I was, when I was in high school, like after we finished training for wrestling, like they used to have a giant, like, like kind of like a tub. They, they would have a tub or they would have the trash cans mm-hmm. and, you know, they clean them, right? Whatever. But then they'll fill it up with water and ice and you got to sit in there, bro. And your toes feel like they're burning off and, and you got, and then you got guys like uh, what's what's his name? The crazy guy who's like the world's toughest man, um, Wim Hof for sure. He's actually probably you got more Goggins. Wim I was gonna say Goggins. Goggins. Yeah, yeah. You got guys doing this shit at the at the at the highest level, bro. Dude, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, do you know Jesse Itzler, the guy who started Marquis Jet oh, yeah. and Peter mm. Coco? Yeah. So actually, it's funny. I met him. There, there was uh, I was in Costa Rica, and, and he was there. He's one of the speakers, and they had at the this- party you snuck into. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And he was t- he was on stage and he was talking about how um he, he was really out of shape. You know, he let himself kind of go a little bit. So he's gonna start running, he's gonna do a marathon. Then he did like a hundred and forty mile race or a hundred mile race, something crazy. Mm-hmm. And um by but what he did he found a guy who had already run it, like crushed it, like one of the best in the world. I don't know his name, but he found some guy. And um some Indian dude. Yeah, some shit like that but he, <laughs> the whole thing was self-talk he just thought of a different way to do self-talk and he just you know he was about to die like mile 60 and then he said something to him and he kept going but isn't it crazy what the human body can do bro with these cold plunges like just literally making a mental shift or a yeah, shift yeah. in the breathing like and dude like i would i, I swear i i really thought i was going to die one time at, at the very least i thought my toes were going to curl off you know they start to curl when you get really cold i was like I thought about the people who get frostbite and they just, and they just fall off. And I was like, okay, I, I leave this up to God. If my toes fall off, they fall off. It's okay. I need, you know, it's funny. It's it's that it's all in your head. Cause I remember as a kid growing up in San Diego, like, I don't know. I don't know. You know what you know about the Pacific ocean since you're over in Florida, your, your water's really warm. Mm, right mm-hmm. you go over to you go over to, to san diego and you i mean even in the middle of the summer the water's freezing mm-hmm. like you go in you go in there and, and in two minutes you have no feet like your your feet are are bricks hitting the ground because they're frozen but i remember as a kid winter spring summer fall i mean which is all just summer summer light summer and summer in san diego <laughs> but going in the water all season all seasons, any season, just being in the water, freezing my butt off, but loving every second of it and enjoying it. Right. And now it's like, oh, the idea of sitting in a tub of ice, just it, it's like, no, I'm not going to do that. But it, it's all in your head because I guarantee you the water's probably around the same temperature sometimes that I went in as a kid in San Diego. And I would did it no problem whatsoever. Would run, jump, dive into the water. Now, because I'm so conditioned to be comfortable, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do this. There's no way I'm going to do this. It's all we in your head. We all got to get together and do some ice plunges now. Yeah, we're going to have to. We have to. We're going to have to. We're going to have to. Yeah. That's just, that's just how it's got to be. 
Written. <laughs> Let's write some, somebody write. I'm gonna write it down. <laughs> I'm not gonna forget. <laughs> Margo, before we let you go, you started a YouTube channel and kind of like your own little podcast of your of your own. Ooh. Um the way of El Marco. Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah, the way of El Marco. Yeah. The way of El Marco. Yep. Well you are, bro. <laughs> I've seen a few episodes. I saw the one that you did. Um uh the guy's name just blew my mind but i saw the first one you did oh with wesley um, with yep. wesley yeah mm-hmm. um great episode you guys Thank just you. sat there and just kind of like this just chat about anything and everything and yeah. you guys get deep you get very um philosophical you kind of dig into certain mindset issues that you guys have had in the past um different family situations yeah um and it's really enlightening and i think for Anybody who's a fan of Austin who watches us, which is like three people, go over and watch Marco too, because I think that this cross-pollination of what we're doing is just, it, it's great. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing better than finding that group of people who kind of have their own different styles and varieties, but can all come together and crush at the same time. And I think that's what UCM has built. That's what we've all built together as like a, a sales family. Mm-hmm. I mean- there's you're looking at three guys right now or two, you know, three guys right now that could come to each other at any moment and be like, Hey, I need your help. And it's there, you know, yeah. I mean, we've, we've all been in and around each other and kind of given each other leg ups in the industry or helped with certain situations. We've furthered each other's careers. And because of that, for me, it's like, I want to be the mouthpiece that helps further something else that you're doing. You know what I mean? Because there's no, there's, if you look around the sales industry right now, you've got this guru in his corner, that Mm -hmm. guru in that corner, Mm -hmm. this person in that corner, that person in that corner, getting them together is like hurting cats. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like pulling teeth and hurting cats. No one's going to come together and talk because there's differences there. There's different ways they make money. There's this guy's doing this wrong over here. They're more likely to fight. Mm-hmm. they're like high school girls mm-hmm. right they're more likely to fight each other than they are to come together even and... though everything else they have in common <laughs> exactly exactly my it's... way or the highway <laughs> yeah exactly the same way he sounds yeah exactly like it's, yeah we all it's read like the a, same books dude there's it's it's like a classic <laughs> martial arts rivalry yeah you know, there's like been martial arts rivalry you know from day one and it's the same shit you know my karate school is better than your karate school <laughs> yeah yep, yep. same yep. shit it's like yeah no it's 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 uh what's that saying it's it's two wings of the same bird mm-hmm. like, yeah you yeah. know it really is and i think if people understood that they could actually learn from the other ones and, and by the way one one last thing too i think is because this is what i like about podcasts right everybody wants like new information what's the new thing but have you ever hired a coach you pay them a, a, a ridiculous amount of money and then they tell you something and then that something is this crazy thing where now you start making a whole bunch more money or results or whatever, but they told you something you already knew you just weren't right. doing right. Like right. that, that's, I think that's the beauty of having a podcast where you can kind of like, where you like the vibe and they're talking about topics that you want to improve because you just need that like second of like, like discovering. And, and I say the word discovering very intentionally, cause it's not that you're creating this new thought, Right. You're, you're you're removing the cover right like you're you're just clarifying something you already know and you're just bringing your attention to that because the way the brain works right like you know tony robbins right reticular activating system you can only focus on one thing right 
you can focus on one grain of sand at the beach, but your subconscious mind stores all the sand and all the oceans and all the fucking beaches in the whole planet. Right. But it's that one thing you need to get to the next level. So, mm-hmm. um, it, like, I think it's so, it's so good. You listen to podcasts. If I listen to a podcast on any subject I want to improve on, I end up improving on that subject every time. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody watch Marco's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate the plug. Are you, are you on Spotify, Apple, or are you just on YouTube right now? Just on YouTube right now, just on YouTube. Okay. So like the third one I put out on Sunday, uh, the fourth one I'm doing them right now. I'm just putting them out once a week right now. Yeah, um, awesome. but the, the, the fourth guest, which will be a surprise, but you guys beg like, no way, but, but then you'll be like, of course. And then there'll be <laughs> other guests I would like love to have you individually as guests on the podcast as well. Of course. The, the whole thing of the way of a Marco is like a, almost a quadruple entendre, the name itself. Cause like in Spanish, like way is like kind of like a dumbass, like, Oh, Hey, wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. Right. But then like the name El Marco, if translated literally means the warrior. So it's like the way of the warrior. <laughs> so there's all these, oh different funny things that are happening but yeah man it's, it's it's a lot of fun i'm like super stoked and i'm super stoked that you guys had me on board like i really yeah, thank you so much really appreciate it hell yeah of course man anything we can do to help help you on your podcasting career just let us know we'd we'd love to have you back i would love to be back you know? yeah and anything yeah. i can do to help you guys out let me know too man yeah for sure well guys this has been another action-packed killer episode of the sales at home podcast Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, hit that notification bell on YouTube. And if you're on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever else you get your podcasts, rate us five stars because it really helps us out. See you guys.